Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. to the Dreamcast. I am really excited for today's topic as always. I feel like I'm always excited (laughs) because often for these solo episodes, I really just kind of sit, I write, I let my thoughts calm down and I let a topic bubble up. It's usually connected to something that I'm learning, something that I just experienced, something that I'm kind of currently going through. I don't have a schedule necessarily for the solo episodes. I really just allow the Holy Spirit to like bring something into my attention and into my awareness. And then I create a solo episode around it. And so for this next topic, I I don't feel like I'm an expert quite yet, or I don't know if I'll ever be one, but I do feel like I've learned and grown and experienced so much in this area that I'm excited to share with you just that, just what I've experienced, some things I've learned along the way, and offer some ideas for how you can experience this more too. And this, quote unquote, is building your intuition, basically building the connection to your still small voice. And if you really take a look at your life, you probably have been guided by the still small voice at some point. You know, you've listened to your intuition, you felt moved to take action in an area, whether it was a school you went to, a job you took, something you applied for. I've had experiences where I've felt like somebody said, you know, I felt this inclination to pay for the person behind me. I felt this inclination to tell somebody about the business. There's this this still small voice that we have deep within us that wants to help us take the next right step all day, every day. But what I've learned is that we can actually block that voice or or not listen to it or ignore it and kind of do our own thing. And that's just called free will. So there have been seasons in my life when I have been deeply connected. Uh, Things would show up in my path that I didn't expect things that kind of brought me to my next step. There have been times in my life where I've been deeply unconnected, where I've been, I haven't created space to listen. I haven't asked for help or connect, you know, I have been, haven't been doing my morning routine, basically. And I've been kind of off in la la land doing my own thing. And during those seasons, I often feel depressed, anxious, spinning my wheels like I'm not moving forward. I feel not connected to the people around me. I just feel generally like blah. When I'm in that season, I don't immediately think, oh, I need to get back to my morning routine. I need to get back to my devotional. I need to get back to praying. I need to get back to whatever. I don't necessarily make that connection immediately. But eventually when I start adding back my morning routine. I'm listening to my podcasts again. I'm adding the strangest secret consistently. When I'm adding back the things that help me align, I notice I'm not as grouchy. 
I'm more connected to myself, to my purpose, and to those around me. And so for the past few years, I've decided I've been in like deciding not 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 on on accident and and you'll see most of this is a choice and a decision that we make but I've decided that I want to build this intuition I want to like all I want to live connected to this still small voice to my inner guidance to the Holy Spirit to whatever you may call it I want to be connected consistently And I feel like when I'm in this connection zone, people will often say to me, oh my gosh, Denise, I totally needed to hear that. Or, oh my gosh, God brought you into my life or thank you or, you know, all of those kinds of things. And and it's, and I'm not doing anything weird or different or I'm not, and trying to bless others. You know what I mean? I'm just being myself. But when I'm living connected God is able to use me in ways I wouldn't think on my own. So if you're interested in building this connection and building your intuition and hearing from the still small voice that you have as well, let's dive in to the episode. Uh, and some of and a lot of the content I'm drawing from today is actually found in chapter six of the Dream Life Workbook, which will be coming out like any day now. I'll get into that later. But any day now, we're just waiting for the final copy, and then we'll start pre-launch because I know so many of you are waiting for this, and and I'm so excited to get it out there because it's kind of taking everything from my head and getting it in, in a linear form um, that I can then take take you through um, through several other you know options, whether it's group or online or whatever. So. This is from chapter six in the workbook called Trust Your Gut. And when when your passion and your purpose are in this alignment, success will feel effortless. Like I mentioned, people were brought into my path right when I needed it. Or maybe I didn't know I needed it, but they were brought in and I was like, oh, cool, awesome. People were, I, I was I was a gift to others because God could use me because I was listening to that still small voice in my mind and my my passion and my purpose were aligned. You're kind of like in the zone. Things become effortless and you've got this fire in your belly. Things just start to line up. But so many of us are not living connected. We're not living in this passion or in this purpose. Have you ever wondered why am I here? Like, what is my life's purpose? Today, we're going to go through several exercises and ideas to help you connect with your life purpose. You'll hear my me. I'm kind of going through the book. So if you hear pages, uh, that's what it is. But Bishop T.D. Jakes says, if you can't figure out your purpose, then figure out your passion. For your passion will lead you right into your purpose. And and one side note before I jump into the exercises is one of the reasons why this was deeply connected to me today. Oh, dear. (laughs) When you get emotional, that can also be like a sign <laughs> because I feel like you you know those goosebumps you get when when you feel like the Holy Spirit is around like okay so I got the first sample of this workbook back and I noticed some I it still needed some editing and I don't know if it was the editor or if it was the transfer from the editing to the book from the designer but there was just some some spots that needed rearranging and, um, you know, a page that had something twice and things like that. And so I needed 
someone else to read this that is very detail focused that wouldn't necessarily spend a long time like (laughs) and so I immediately thought of my dad my dad is an accountant or was an accountant he's retired now and he's not necessarily interested in uh, spiritual work life passion life purpose he's not opposed to it by any means but uh, I grew up growing to church and he was disciplined in that area but I he it's just not interesting to him from what I've seen right from he's not somebody I would go to to have this conversation and to be honest he doesn't really even know what I do at least in my perception he's never been on team calls he doesn't see me speak at workshops he's never experienced me on stage or the experiential things that I do and I was like dad you won't really care about the content. Like you can just help me really (laughs) make sure that it flows and that it makes sense. And that somebody like that has no experience with what I teach can go through it. And, and it's, you know, makes sense to you and, you know, help me with any editing things. And so it took him a a few days to get through it. And I went over to his house and I, he had edits for me, just, you know, receive a spelled wrong and things like that. And then he started talking Oh, oh my gosh. And this was where I was like, this is so cool. Because he started sharing that when he was growing up, nobody asked him these types of questions. And if you think of that generation, right, they were coming out of the Depression, the World War II, their parents, my dad was one of eight, just had kids, <laughs> baby after baby. And it was like, let's survive. You know, the attitude of that generation from what I've seen was get a job, eat. Like that was the, the, the goal, right? Because before that, there was a lot of money issues. I mean, my grandparents stuffed in, you know, money under the mattress and saved so much because they were afraid of the future. And so my dad's generation, it wasn't like, what's your life's purpose? And what are you passionate about? And what do you really enjoy? It was truly about survival in a sense. Like you're going to go to college, you're going to get a good job. This is what you're going to do. You know, we can't really help you, but these are the ideals we have for you. And go get it. And so he became an accountant and had a successful career and now is retired. And when he went through the workbook, he said, this could even be called dream life self-discovery because nobody had ever asked him the questions that I asked him in this book and it got his wheels turning. And so I just kind of sat back and let him talk about some of the aha moments that he had throughout the workbook. And the chapter that I'm going to describe or go through today was one of the ones that stood out to him. And I think it's so cool because this wasn't one of the things that stood out to me. Like I've been doing this work for 15 years now. And so it wasn't something that stood out to me, but it was something that stood out to him. And that's why I decided, all right, this is what the solo episode is going to be about today because it's not second nature to a lot of us. And, and I know that when I'm not connected, I can tell and I can feel it. And so for my dad to say that this chapter stood out to him, like I'm getting goosebumps. So regardless, I don't know where you are on your path, but this could be the first time that somebody is asking you these questions. And I'm really excited about it. And, and for some of you, this could be like old news. This could be like the back of your hand to you. But I think we all need a reminder every once in a while. 
So, all right, let's get into it. At the end of the day, this the goal of happy. We all have the goal of happiness. We have the goal of outside um, success, whatever. But we know if we really think about it, that happiness is an inside job. It all starts with the in with be with the inside. Conventional wisdom holds that these externals, everything from work to health to family, everything observable. If that's in order, then we are going to feel a sense of success. However, research in positive psychology shows the opposite is actually true. Happiness fuels success, not the other way around. So it's not that success on the outside is going to make you feel connected, peaceful, joyful, in line, connected. It's the other way around. When you're connected to your passion, purpose, life mission, soul purpose, soul mission, success comes uh, on the outside. Sean Aker, who's the author of The Happiness Advantage, cites that there are three ways to view your work situation. You could view it as a job, a career, or as a calling. And those with a job mentality tend to see work as a chore and their paycheck as the reward. You go to work, you come home, you get a check and that's it. It's an exchange. Those who see work as a career are more advanced oriented, advanced minded, ad- advanced mint oriented. So they're aware of growth opportunities and invested in doing a good job. So these are people that show up to work. They want to plant their flag. They want to dig deep. They want to do well because they know they could grow in this opportunity. And then those who view their work as a calling find their work fulfilling. Not necessarily only because of external rewards. If you think of a pastor or a missionary or when I was a camp counselor, I felt so connected and so fulfilled because what I was doing contributed to the greater good. So it can be external rewards. There's nothing wrong with that, but it certainly doesn't have to be. So for them, using their personal strengths gives them purpose and meaning. And not surprisingly, they work longer and harder because of it. So if you think about when you're living in your passion and your purpose, time goes by so fast. You work forever. You could stay up till midnight and get up at six and like you're not even tired because you're just so excited about what about what you're doing. And when I was growing up, I was raised by my parents who, you know, my dad kind of shared his Nobody asked me these questions either, right? And I honestly thought it was normal to not like your job. So when my mom one time asked me, she said, Denise, you really like coffee shops. Why don't you go work at a coffee shop? I said, I don't want to learn to hate coffee shops. And everybody hates their job. So... I'm not going to listen to my gifts, my what I am naturally inclined to love. I'm going to do something different because I don't want to learn to hate what I incline to love. Isn't that so funny? I'm sure, I'm sure I can't be the only one who has done this where we separate what we love with what we do. And and then I prayed in this situation. I was like, okay, God, tell me what to do. Tell me what you want me to do. But yet I didn't listen to those inclinations. I didn't listen to what came naturally to me. I didn't listen to what, what I was naturally gifted in or what I liked. Not that working at a coffee shop was my calling. I you just That was an example of when I separated the two. 
And right now, I'm challenging us all to reconnect them. You know, my passions now are no longer separated from my work. Instead, my passions and my work gradually melted together. When I joined this business, I realized I could fulfill my life's purpose within this business with my team. I went into psychology because I wanted to help flip the switch for people. I wanted to help turn them on into their living in their truth and connecting to themselves and living their God-given talents and, and give back to the world. And I thought psychology was my way to do that. But when I got into this business, I realized that my life's purpose could be fulfilled right here. And so when I realized that, it like melded the work that I was doing to make a living and then the life purpose that I feel called to. Okay. (laughs) And when we do that, when we meld the two, that's when miracles are made, you know, like that's when two plus two doesn't equal four anymore. That's when momentum is created because God's involved. And I, and I can't say that it was always easy. Nothing is easy. If it were, we wouldn't grow our our listening muscle. We wouldn't grow uh, this need to be intuitive or to listen to the Holy Spirit and to listen to the still small voice or to have faith in the process. But because I knew that what I was doing was connected to my larger mission and I felt like I was giving back to the world in an amazing way, I kept going one foot in front of the other. No's didn't mean as much to me. Uh, somebody quitting didn't mean as much to me. You know, those things, the roadblocks, the mud that we walked through didn't mean as much to me because I knew I was doing what I was called to do. And so all my job was, was to keep saying yes, every step of the way saying yes. When you have that little still small voice will strengthen your connection of that still small voice. So a couple of things that I did to build this connection. Number one, my morning routine, my morning routine, prayer, meditation, journaling, creating a space for my creative juices to flow, for the Holy Spirit to speak to me. And and for me, it's just these inclinations. Um, I don't hear audible voices. I just have kind of these gut feelings and creating a space for that. So in the morning, I really am intentional about pray praying and journaling and and meditating and just spending, you know, 10 minutes of being quiet so I can build my listening muscle. And once I built this listening muscle, things started to bubble up for me. And then it was what do you do with that? When I feel inclined to help someone, when I feel inclined to do a bodybuilding competition, when I feel inclined to send a loving text to my husband, do I say yes? And if you listened to the Black Diamond speech I did in 2015 from our It Works conference stage, that was the whole message. And I look back now and I think that was me saying yes to the Holy Spirit, to this, in, to, to trusting my gut, to trusting my intuition, to staying in alignment with my truth. Whenever I had that inclination, I said yes. Not every time. I can't, I mean, believe me, I'm sure. There were times where I was like, totally ignored it. But my hope is that I just keep saying yes. An example is when I was a 
camp counselor. And I was praying. This is back in college. I was praying for, you know, I wanted, I had just been a camp counselor for home repair and I was like tired of doing manual labor and I wanted to just love kids. That's what I decided. I was like, all right, I don't really want to like roof houses anymore. I want to love kids. So show me, like, I just prayed. All right, I want to love kids. How, how do I show me a camp? I applied to several camps and several of them said no, because I didn't have previous experience at that camp. They didn't, they didn't want me. And so I just had to keep asking and keep looking. And I don't even know how this happened, but I got an email and and maybe I signed up for like a camp counseling email list. I don't, honestly don't even know how I got this email, but I got this email for a camp in New York that said, we work with foster kids and our primary purpose here is to love them. And I was like, that's it. Okay. I said, yes. So I said, yes, I actually was, I became a lifeguard for them because I wanted to get a tan. <laughs> and, and, and I said, yes. And I went through all the processes and I did it. I did life court, like life, life guarding class throughout the spring. I went there in the summer and I had no fear going into this adventure. I'd never been there. I drove what, 15 hours by myself until I like got 30 minutes away. And then I thought, what the freak am I doing? What the heck am I doing? Oh my gosh, I'm scared. Like all of these things started to kind of come over me. And I find that every time I say yes, there's still this this little bit of like, oh crap, what am I doing? Why am I putting myself in this uncomfortable situation? Yesterday I taught at the detention center and I was really excited about it until I pull in and I went, oh crap, this is kind of scary. <laughs> I'm making them do a visualization and these are rough kids, you know, and they, you know, I say yes. And then I immediately go, oh dear, why do I put myself in these situations? But I keep saying yes, because I grow every single time. And the way that I grow this still small voice is through prayer, meditation, and creating the space. So for you, how are you growing your still small voice? Do you create the space for prayer, meditation, gratitude, journaling, writing, you know, being quiet and just allowing that connection to grow. Next, I'm going to share with you how to really identify your life's purpose. People have called it your life mission statement, your soul's purpose, your soul's mission, whatever you want to call it. What I love about this next exercise is that once you connect with what brings you the most joy, what what lights a fire in your belly, what makes you go like, this is why I'm here, is that then you can make decisions based on it. Then you can line up your calendar based on your life's purpose. It's easier to say no to things that don't actually help you. They're not supporting your life's purpose. They're taking taking maybe you away from that. It's easier to align yourself with people, places, things when you really have a strong view, picture, vision of of what you want and where you're going. So first is to identify your natural strengths. How would somebody describe you? What are some characteristics, personality characteristics that come naturally to you? And this is when you just create a list, you know, a list of 
what comes easy to you? What comes natural to you? What do you really, what are you like? Um, are you self-disciplined? Are you a hard worker? Are you understanding, friendly, generous, thoughtful? Are you a good friend? Are you an introvert, extrovert? Are you interesting? Do you like to go on adventures? Are you educated? Are you detail oriented? What, what comes naturally to you? Because those are gifts that God gave you on purpose. I've learned that not everybody has the same gifts and that's on purpose, right? So we have to take our gifts seriously and and be proud of them because somebody else doesn't have the same gifts that you do. So create a list. And if you're driving or working out right now, then I do recommend listening to this episode again and writing it down, like really writing it down because there's something that happens when you think, speak, and write. You know, you're kind of solidifying it a bit more and allowing your you to process it a little bit more. So what are your natural strengths? Second is what hobbies interest you? Do you like to cook? Are you good at singing? Are you creative? Do you enjoy technology, video games? Do you love shopping? Do you like listening to music, hiking, being outside? Do you love wearing pajamas all day? Do you love dressing up? Like, what is it that that you, if you could have your ideal day, you would spend your time doing this? Because again, those hobbies and interests are important. I've learned those aren't the same as everybody else. And so we get to listen to what comes naturally to us, what we're naturally drawn to. I realized later I'm naturally drawn to the coffee shop because I'm a quality time person. And I love, like seriously, it could be coffee or wine, either way. But like, I love good conversations. I love deep conversations. I love when you're sitting at a coffee shop with a friend and you like forget that anybody else is there because you're so deep in conversation. And I now realize that that's not necessarily everybody's favorite thing. And so I get to own that piece of myself once I realized that it was a strength and it was a natural gifting of mine. All right, so next up... Again, we're we're kind of using joy, this fire in your belly, this inner peace as an inner guidance system. And this confirms that we're in alignment with our purpose. Now, again, this doesn't mean that we're jumping for joy all the time and that everything's easy and, and everything like is like life is happening all around us. And I know that some of the things that I need to do in order to get to my life purpose require effort. It requires learning. It requires stepping outside my comfort zone, all of those things. But listening to that inner guidance system, listening to the things that bring you joy, the things that you're grateful for are important. So next up, I'd love for you to list 20 things that you love to do most. You know, just kind of taking on that last exercise where you thought about things that you love. What do you love? You love to serve. You love animals. You love nature. What do you love? What are things that you love? Time flies when you're doing these things. And then take a look. And are are there any common themes? Are there any common themes (laughs) <laughs> I wrote on my Facebook, like, field day at my at my son's school brings me so much joy. As you, and, and anybody who knows me are like, 
yes, that would <laughs> field day, being outside, doing something together. Like I love high ropes courses, low ropes courses. I love camp. I love like all of those types of things bring me so much joy. And I realize it doesn't bring everybody else joy, but there's common themes here. Like what are the things that stand out to you when you think of your strengths, when you think of what brings you joy? So now we're going to actually write out our life purpose or life mission statement. We're ready to ignite this awareness by creating a life purpose statement, which is essentially your focal point that will help you advance from where you are now to where you want to be because it clarifies the choices that are aligned with your life's purpose. Thomas Edison had a life mission statement, and he was determined that his mission was to create inventions that people needed and would pay for, and that would be profitable. So he made choices that supported his mission. This mission was Edison's guide, and that's the value of a life purpose statement. So again, I'm going to ask you several questions, and if you're not able to write them down now, certainly listen to them and think about it in your mind, but I do recommend working this out on a piece of paper because, again, it helps you to process it and internalize it, and some things brew when you start to write. So, okay, the first one is to list two of your unique, unique personal qualities, unique personal qualities. Out of all of the things we just talked about, what are the two that are kind of the highest for you? Number two is to list one or two ways in which you enjoy expressing these qualities. Do you, are you a cheerleader for others? Do you love to serve in, um, I don't know, mission trips? Do you love to give back with animals? Do you love kids and you love working with teens? Do you love health and wellness and you love teaching people that they, their body truly is a temple and to take care of themselves? Which two ways do you enjoy expressing these qualities? The third question is, assume for a moment that you are living in a perfect world. What does this world look like? How do people interact and how does it feel living in a perfect world? What are the feelings that are evoked in you when you picture this perfect world? And then next, we're simply going to combine the answers to questions one through three in a single statement in present tense that describes your place in this perfect world. So an example of mine, this is fairly long and I, I plan to shorten it because you want to be able to say it in your mind, like off the tip of your tongue. And my purpose is to use my passion and highest beliefs to inspire others to live with a deep sense that they are all, that they are already enough and have all they need to be more of whom God created them to be in a world that is responsive to their needs, influence, and individual missions. So that's an example of mine. Basically, my life's purpose is to unlock you to yours. That's it. And that lights a fire in my belly. And it makes me so stinking excited. So once you have written out your life's purpose, make it the focal point of your thoughts and decisions. So again, 
is this aligning with my life's purpose? Is this helping me fulfill my life's purpose? Is this bringing up that natural joy and passion for me? And then we can make decisions in our calendar surrounding that. I want to end with a quick story. So sometimes I ask for just uh, like visual guidance, you know, I mean, I, I, I pray for to be aligned. I pray for this inner wisdom. I pray for the inner guidance system. I pray for the Holy spirit to talk to me, to speak to me, to like guide me. You know, I, I pray for that, but sometimes I just need a bit more confirmation. <laughs> I just need a bit more help. And so recently with the slowdown of the dream life workbook, which of course I wanted to be out last December. It's now been six months. It's like past due in my mind, right? Nothing's ever past due, I've learned. But I'm like, you know, I was wondering, okay, God, I feel like I'm doing what I've a- you've asked me to do. I'm saying yes to these things that I don't know how to do. I don't know how to, but I'm saying yes, and I'm figuring it out, and I'm asking people, but I just need confirmation that that this is what I'm supposed to do, that, that you're here, you know, like show me, tell me, help me. And I decided that this confirmation would be a key because again, I feel like my life's purpose is to unlock you to yours. So a key is something that's consistently come up for me. And so I said, all right, I want my sign quote unquote to be a key. Okay. So I did, I, I kind of started randomly seeing keys just on a picture or, um, the word unlock or things like that. And I was like, hee hee, this is so cute. Thank you. And then I found a necklace in my drawer. This was all within a week. You guys, I found a necklace in my neck in jewelry box that I had never really worn. It was a gift from somebody and it was a key necklace. It was a key. And I was like, oh yes. Thank you. I've got this. And I decided I was going to wear this key necklace until the workbook came out. Like, <laughs> I'm on a mission here. And so I put it on. And we, my, um, you know, hanging out with my boys. My son was climbing on the couch and playing with my hair, which is not something he typically does. And then he said, oh, what's this? And he pulled on my necklace. Now, I have... And I wear a necklace every day. He's never once pulled on it. He pulled on my key necklace and it broke. And then I thought, what does that mean? Oh my goodness. Like, what the heck? (laughs) What does that mean? My key necklace broke. And I was a bit discouraged, but I was, you know, whatever. It happens. These four. And, uh, And I go on with my merry day. And the next week was my birthday. And my husband asked my boys, what do you want to get mom for her birthday? And my four-year-old said, I want to get mom a key necklace because I broke hers. And I, when I heard the story, I was blown away that number one, he would remember. And number two, he would say that and be really adamant about it. Uh, I recently asked them, what do you want to get dad for Father's Day? And Neither of them had any any idea. (laughs) So for Eli to just say, I want to get mom a key necklace was really special. So Brandon took all day, one day, and like tried to find a key necklace. He found a key necklace. They gave it to me for my birthday. I opened it, and Eli immediately 
got so shy and was so proud of himself. You know, I was gushing and, oh my gosh, Eli, thank you. That's so thoughtful. And he just, ooh, you know, being four. And so I put it on and I realized I just got a key necklace that means even more to me than the first one did. I'm just going to allow it in. I'm just going to say thank you. I'm just going to accept that this is just another kind of divine intervention right when I needed it. Building this connection to your still small voice, to your inner guidance system changes everything. It changes everything because you are going to be divinely connected. You're going to have these inclinations. You are going to start saying yes, even when you don't fully understand it. And miracles are going to happen in your life. I hope this episode blessed you. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Give me feedback. Like, Tell me what your life's purpose is in the comments message me on Facebook. I would love to hear how the Holy Spirit spoke to you throughout this episode. Have an amazing day. Thank you so much for listening today. Head over to denisewalsh.com. Enter your email to subscribe to our list, and I'll be sending out an early bird special coupon. 50 off, in fact, of the Dream Life Workbook when it is launched in just a few months. So if you want to have first dibs, let's get your name on that list. Thanks again. I so appreciate you. And remember to dream big.